0: The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide.
1: Sounds of the Anteater Kingdom on 88.9 FM KUCI in Irvine. Hello, my name's Shane Burke. You're listening to Tech Talk here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Today, my guest and actually my new co-host is Ravind Kumar. Yo, what's up, guys? Say hello. Um, so, Ravind is uh, well. Why don't you tell people a little bit about us? Because um, you've been on the show a lot, but if this is peop- everyone's first time uh, listening to us, this you know this is the first show of this quarter. Tell everybody a little bit about your background.
0: All right, well, I'm a bit of a strange case when it comes to technology. I came to UCI in fall of 2007, if I'm not mistaken, uh, doing CSE, computer science and engineering. I was all into the tech. Uh, Ended up actually transferring into journalism. Slightly different, a bit of a 180 there, but I've been working with computers for about 10 years now. Uh, Repair, technology, I've done... um, I've done production level stuff. I've done service. I've been to conferences. Uh, I've, you know, I, I've been all over the place, and I always keep up with tech news. Yeah. So, I when I came onto the show, it was for an article on net neutrality, something I keep up on, and a, some, and a topic I'm sure we'll be returning to during the mm-hmm. show. Uh, but more than anything, I think the focus of our show, I'm hoping, is just going to be bringing. A wide variety of tech news to the KUCI public, let you guys know what's going on in the digital world, how it pertains to you. We've got some exciting projects, I think, a couple of yes. things that you and I have been thinking about.
1: Definitely, definitely. Um, well, I guess before we get into that, I should probably tell you a little bit about me. I, um, oh, did you say your major? What was your major? Your journalism. major is now journal- journalism. Journalism, yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, you said something interesting about uh, conferences you've been to. What conferences have you gone to?
0: Um, I think the last one I went to was actually quite a while ago, but it was SIGGRAPH, I think. Uh, It was a graphics uh, convention. I went with my uncle just to check things out. That was actually right before I came to college, and I remember seeing uh, UCI's... uh, UCI had a booth there, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it was like a virtual something or rather. I think it was either a virtual hang gliding program or a virtual... No, it was. I remember seeing this as well when I was doing the UCI ICS uh, walkthroughs. It was their virtual rainforest. Oh, they had this virtual rainforest set up where you walked around with these tablet PCs, mm-hmm. and each tablet PC had like some wildlife thing, and you could walk up to a barren desert and add stuff and drag and drop.
1: Really, that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, it was really interesting.
1: Um, yeah, so I mean, UCI is actually very involved in you know. These sorts of tech areas, and, and it's really cool. Um, we were just talking a little bit earlier, um, and you may have, uh, from if you've listened to the show previously, you know that I talk a lot about OWASP, which is the Open Web Application Security Project, and UCI recently hosted the conference called AppSec here um, in, the, in the student center. So that was really cool. I volunteered there, and um, I really enjoyed that, and I definitely learned a lot. Um, I made a lot of good contacts and people that will probably be interviewing on this show. So, uh,
0: Which is always going to be exciting. We're, and that's something else we're hoping. We're hoping to have some very informative interviews. Yeah. Get some people from all across the industry to give you guys the information you need to be, you know, stay well informed.
1: Yes. And I think um, being informed is the most important part, especially with the Internet um, kind of exploding the way it is we want. Um, we, I believe we talked about policymakers before yeah. about them being informed. But I think also if you empower the public by making them informed about these sorts of t- uh, issues, um, then they can protect themselves to some degree. And, um, you know, we can further advance the technology and uh, really invest the resources and understand why we need to invest those resources in whatever tech topic uh, – Maybe applicable, whether that be something like green energy or something like um, I don't know net neutrality,
0: yeah, more than anything, uh, what I hope that we will be able to partake to you guys, our listeners is that just because it's tech doesn't mean you don't know anything about it yes, there's an a world of opportunity out of there, and everything we do now is almost digital, so more than anything, don't take what you're hearing in the public eye. Uh, to be the only thing out there. We want you guys to get a really broad grasp of everything from net neutrality to uh, Internet policy to privacy, security, uh, piracy, everything that we can get our hands on. We want to make sure you guys have the best possible information. Yeah, and
1: um, I know you've interviewed ICS professors on net neutrality. I've interviewed on this show um, researchers with respect to out al- that did algorithm research, Justin Ma, he's now a postdoc at UC Berkeley. Um, so we want to bring you, um, in depth information, but we also want to break it down in case you don't have the same background that we have. You know, I'm very programming background. You're definitely much more network, um, oriented than I am. So I think, um, our different backgrounds is definitely going to be a good compliment. Yeah, and um, it's also great that this show is going to be able to stay around because I'm, you know, I'm no longer a student at UCI. I'm just uh, in the interim. Hopefully, going to go to medical school. So it's great to have someone. What are you yours? I'm going to be a senior, but now. I'll be here for senior. senior.
0: But I'll be here for at least another year. Okay. And I'm well. You know, you guys can look forward to there being a future to these to Tech Talk and tech news because it is important digital era you know you guys i'd say that we spend most of our even just growing up more and more you're seeing technology everywhere yeah so uh we aren't going away if you guys aren't going away
1: very good very good to say and i think that would actually be a very nice precedent set is have um a new co-host come on every every year so they can kind of get the the um gist of how you do the show and um, eventually, you know, have the show propagate on very, very long, even after we're gone. So, well, not, hopefully not dead, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, gone yeah. from UCI. So um, that's what we have planned. Um, we're going to talk more specifically about specific, um, I guess, topics that we want to do over the coming year. Yep. So we're going to do that. But first, we're going to play a little bit of music. And uh, so we're going to. Let's make a little mental check note here. We're going we're to talk about um, all the things that we want to do for next year, and we're also going to talk about uh, Facebook. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Facebook's recently in the media with all of these new... Um, movies and lawsuits. Movies
0: and lawsuits. Lawsuits. Lawsuits, lawsuits. yes. Movies and, and lawsuits. Um, Isn't that just the best combination? <laughs> it's, a, it's a great combination. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we'll be talking about all of that after this. All right, and we're back. I'm Shane Burke, and you
0: are Kumar, Ravin Kumar. Ravin
1: Kumar. Um, did I introduce you earlier? I hope I did. Yeah, you did. You okay, did. We good. went through the whole thing. Oh, great. Okay, <laughs> good. So um, once again, you're listening to Tech Talk here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and eventually I'm going to stop talking, and you're you're going to be able to start doing this too, uh, <laughs> doing the uh, the intro from the commercial. So um, what we're going to talk about now is what we have planned for the future, what what kinds of things are uh, you interested in doing on this show?
0: Uh, on my personal plate, uh, I want to continue going through the ICS department. There's a lot of really interesting projects mm-hmm. that are going on, have been going on, and continue to go on. I think more recently I heard, I'm not sure whether I'll be able to follow up on this or not, but apparently the engineering department's got something planned in the photovoltaic. They're doing some solar research. Wow. Which is an interesting project I think we should look into. Uh, I'm hoping to do a follow-up with Professor Jordan. He's the professor I did an interview with for my net neutrality article. Mm -hmm. And I want to get his commentary on the recent Google-Verizon agreements over summer, which is something else I'm hoping we'll talk about. Both Google and Verizon came together and sketched out something uh, regarding net neutrality. People got really freaked out about it uh, because it said that Verizon more or less could do what they wanted with wireless networks. And... Professor Jordan's, that's that's one of his uh, primary forays of research, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, wireless. How do you manage a wireless network? How do you take care of a wireless network? So there's that, and there's bound to be other ICS professors, professors in both ICS and engineering, who can cast a lot of light on how networking works, Uh, just how realistic are the demands of the net neutrality advocates, how realistic are the demands of the ISPs, uh, where should we really be standing? Where should we really be looking? Let's find a middle ground, a compromise, or just something a little more realistic to work with. Um, and I'm also hoping we'll talk a lot about piracy, uh, which, I mean, there is another show, uh, Piracy Policy, with yep. uh, Mari. I think she comes, is she still coming before us this quarter? Yes, yeah, she is before us. Yes, yeah. so if you tune in next week, right before our show at 8 p.m. or 8 a.m., is uh, Mari's show, uh, Piracy, Privacy, which is another really good show to tune into. Yes, absolutely. But more piracy and, you know, not so much what causes it, but uh, there's been a lot of recent crackdowns, some huge crackdowns following the Hurt Locker lawsuits. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's been some Supreme Court decisions um, in France. Their three-strike law just went into effect, Hadopi, or Hadopi, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. But now if you're in France and you make three infringements, you can say goodbye to the Internet.
1: So is HIDOPI the name of the law?
0: Yeah, it's the name of the law. I don't know what the acronym itself stands for, if there is an acronym. But what I do know is they are already claiming to be sending out tens of thousands of warning notices. And while this is supposed to be for keeping piracy low, one of the primary concerns is a lot of these watchdog groups that send the notices have very poor collection algorithms. Mm -hmm. They are not very accurate at all. And very often, due to dynamic IP addressing, what looks like your address isn't. So, go. Uh, did
1: you want to say something else? No, I, I was just going to say.
0: So, and there are implementations to do something very similar in the U.S. Uh, there is a push for a three strikes kind of uh, legislation where, uh, if you have three copyright infringements, you face severe penalties. Once again, the problem is, well, who's deciding what's copyright infringement? That's what I was going
1: to ask. So. Is the burden then on these uh, like i don 't know throw out a name of some sort of website where you can download pirated material
0: is is the what is the website responsible The burden is entirely on the consumer now, the person who' uh. actually downloaded and once again, the problem of that is the burden of proof is also on, or the the burden of proof is now on the consumer. You have to prove you didn't do it. Well, how do you prove you didn't do it? What if it was somebody just on your Wi-Fi? What if it yeah. was just you know one of your kids grabbed something? Like the Jamie Thomas case. The kids did it. She didn't even know, from what I understand. Or maybe she did, but she didn't understand what exactly was going on. There's a lot of... People don't always realize that just because you're downloading it on the Internet doesn't mean it it's legal. Yeah. And copyright law is so incredibly obtuse. Um, people don't always realize what exactly it is they're getting into. So, with this three strikes law, Hadopi that's in France. There are mm-hmm. measures across the EU, across the European Union to have these three strikes laws passed and then we have ACTA, the, uh, I think it's the American Counterfeit Trade Agreement or something counterfeit trade agreement that's in the works. It's all black boxed, behind closed doors stuff, you know, really cloak and dagger. That's also all about the, uh, you know, how can we control copyright. So I'm hoping we're going to be doing a lot of talk about copyright and how you can not just protect yourself, but how you can stay informed about what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, Once again, you're
1: listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Shane Burke. This is Ravin Kumar talking to me. We're both co-hosts on this show. Um, So, I mean, that's definitely a very interesting topic. But uh, the thing that I kind of wanted to ask you, and you might not know this off the top of your head... But, so who's actually collecting, who's determining whether you're, who's collecting the information, the IP addresses? It's,
0: I'm not sure of how France is doing it. I know in England, they passed the digital economy bill. Mm -hmm. They set up a government agency where everything is supposed to go through the government agency. But at the same time, in England, they also have a law firm. It's called ACS Law. It's, uh, I can't remember the name of the lawyer in charge, but they are in the business of racketeering. They send out these threatening letters, say, pay us 100 euros or else we'll take you to court, even when they don't have any real proof. They just hope that people will pay up the 100 euros and not really check whether they did anything wrong or not. Mm. Because a legal threat, you know, 100 euros is still cheaper than an hour of a lawyer's time. Yeah. Same thing in the U.S. If you get a legal threat and says, you know, pay up $1,000 or we'll take you to court, talking to a lawyer about what to do for five minutes can cost you (laughs) $1,000. So... You know, just because the government says we're going to be policing it doesn't mean that it will be policed properly. And also, in government, you if you listen to politicians and the way they talk about this, like Joseph Biden, uh, our VP, Vice President Joseph Biden, recently said, you know, oh, we're losing so much money to piracy around the same time that the Office of Statistics, I think, like the... Uh, the government accountability office or some some office in the government that does these kind of studies said no There's actually they're not losing that much money at all hmm. It's and mind you this is like blockbuster recently declared bankruptcy, Yep. Yeah, which is something we can talk about yeah. <laughs> But why because of Netflix Netflix and Redbox and you know all this online Hulu and They tanked and it's not because of piracy But oftentimes these Hollywood execs will blame it on piracy. Oh, you know, this movie didn't do well. It must have been piracy. What if the movie was just bad? Mm -hmm. Then it's not piracy. It's just you you had a bad movie. Yeah. You know, um, if the love guru happened to suffer from a 50% piracy rate, it's not because it was, oh, so good that they wanted to pirate it. It's like, I saw that movie. It was terrible. (laughs) It was a waste of money. I should have pirated it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the thing that is interesting to me is that, is it really... Um, that people are, are pirating because they don't want to pay? And, that, and that's why, um, well, is it that people are pirating and they're not going to the movies? Is that really the cause of the losses? Or is it that people's viewing habits are just changing? We're getting used to watching things on smaller screens. It, it sort of began with videos. You know, you watch it now on your TV, and now you're kind of going to the smaller screen, like cell phones and, and computer screens.
0: I think that's a big thing. The problem with a lot of these industries, both music and movies, is they are behemoths. Mm -hmm. They move very slowly. iTunes did the right thing. They jumped onto the digital music market, and they owned They iTunes owns the digital music market. Now, there are problems with iTunes. I mean, if you want to argue about digital rights management, if you buy a song, shouldn't you be able to use that song wherever you want? You have services like Amazon and Yahoo, where they do something similar but without those restrictions. Um, the movie market really hasn't done anything like that. Same thing with the TV. Recently, I'm sure you guys heard about this, that whole campaign with Time Warner and all the cable networks saying, hey, you know, the, the, the cable TV networks want to steamroller, you guys, and we're not going to negotiate with them. Well, that happened. That, that almost happened. The cable networks wanted to spike prices to get more money because, you know, they're claiming, oh, you know, we're losing viewership, we're losing viewership. Well, the viewership's going, transitioning online. Mm-hmm. I watch a lot of stuff online. I, you know, the entire six seasons of Lost, I've been watching over Hulu. I didn't watch it on TV. I watched it on Hulu, and then I rented it over Netflix. Um, so there's, you know, what, what did uh, Lost premiere on? I don't remember what network it was. ABC. ABC? Yeah. ABC did not see a single penny from me watching when that was playing over the TV. I watched it all online. And they did receive money. They, they received did. money
1: through Hulu. Yeah,
0: yeah, there's some advertising, but and, I don't think they take Netflix. that into account. Oh. I, I feel like they're saying, oh, look at our TV revenue. It's so low. Well, if you look at your digital revenue, this is like, if you look at the decrease in CD sales <laughs> and the increase of MP3 sales, they exactly correlate. Yeah. It has nothing to do with piracy. It's like, oh, we're, our CD sales are decreasing. It's because people downloading your music. Yeah, they're downloading your music, and they're paying for it, too.
1: Yeah. I just want to remind you, you're listening to KUCI, 88.9 FM in Irvine.
0: This is Tech Talk. I'm Shane. This is Kumar. Um, Well, I actually wanted to ask you about this as well. Oh, sure. Um, You have a lot of experience in software design, which is fantastic. Um, Actually, software design, particularly in terms of copyright issues and not just piracy, but in general, um, I know you're a big advocate of open source. Yes. uh, The GPL, which is the... uh, I
1: think I want to say global yeah I public, think it's global license. public license global public license I know it's public license
0: um but in your experience how does this kind of how does copyright work cuz the GPL is one really good way for software to copyright their works but still retain that open source uh nature but then you have you know that recent case what is it Novell versus um was it unix i think or something like that? I can't remember who it was but it was I don't know. It was a security firm versus another security firm. Oh. And security firm A said, hey, security firm B copied our code. And I think it was Novell versus, I can't remember what the other one was. But in in the software world, how do you guys deal with these copyright issues? So,
1: I can speak to open source. I mean, you basically just copy, you know, you copy and paste the, the license on the top of your code. And... People can basically use that code and modify it as much as they want. There really isn't a concern. Where it really becomes a concern is where you are starting a company. you know. Um, so that's probably why you heard about all these security companies. Definitely for companies like the security companies you mentioned, anyone that's kind of distributing software to people that are going to utilize it, it becomes a much more important issue.
0: You know, like, do you have any experience in that, or have you talked to people within this within this programming industry who might know more about this? Because I've always wondered. Because from the developer's perspective, it's very different. From the developer's perspective, mm-hmm. you know, this is something I put together, yeah. And you know, I'm trying to. I built this so that I can make a profit, and now somebody else is using it, yeah. Um, so, I mean,
1: I guess the thing from a developer's perspective, if you want to make profit by actually coding, then you want to somehow prevent that, that code from getting out, if you can. You want to protect it. So, like, if you're writing something in Java, then you want to compile it, you know. So all they have is the product itself in a functional form and not what is actually making it work. And that's, you know, just kind of – if you want to make money as a programmer, if you have a program that's functional and accomplishes what the, the customer wants – And then you try and sell it, and they see maybe it's like 100 lines of code, then they might say, well, how come you're asking this much money for it? So, you know, there's kind of a two-way street there where you, if you kind of keep the client in the dark a little bit about how much work you actually do, you can either charge more or less, depending on what the situation is.
0: I think a specific example, for instance, uh, World of Goo, Mm -hmm. a game company. Have you heard of the game? No. It's an indie source game. Uh, World of Goo, it suffered a he- extremely high piracy rate. Uh, even though it was released without DRM, there's no control, there's no safety checks. It was an indie group. They sold the game for not very much. There was an h- extremely high piracy. There was a lot of piracy over it, even though it was really cheap. Uh, another game, um, Canarium, I think. Same thing, indie game, huge piracy rate. Although that one I can see why. It was like a $20 game for a fairly short gameplay. I can see why people weren't that impressed. But then on the other hand, you have a game called Minecraft. Uh, Minecraft is like this Lego game. Basically, it's a huge Lego game. You can build these massive structures. And that guy's made about 600,000 euros. Within a period of a few months, people just keep buying the game. And the way he designed it was, he designed it so that even if you pirate it, there's certain features you won't be able to get your hands on. Ah. And those are mostly the multiplayer world-sharing features. And, you know, if you want it, then you pay for it. And the way he sees it, or the way he's seen it is, you know, piracy is great. People are seeing more of my product. Yeah. But that's for a game environment. I think with what you do, that's, it's slightly more proprietary, right? To some degree. I mean, on the web,
1: um, I guess there's a debate about how proprietary it really is. But... um I would say that certainly when you have when you're doing something on a desktop, you have a lot more control about how people can actually use the the information that that program it's much more difficult from the web perspective because you for obviously security reasons you can't actually access the user's machine unless you're doing like a java applet um, but they all the user always has to confirm that so how do you really protect against people either maybe like downloading a local copy of your site um, and things like that? And and so it's difficult, but I guess it's just a requirement on the developer's hand to be um, very paranoid and, (laughs) and security conscious really because you want to monitor exactly what's happening. And an important thing to mention is you've got to log it too because if you don't, Actually, record what people are doing on your website. Then you, (laughs) even if someone does some something malicious, you're not going to know about it. So it's like it didn't even happen, you know. So um, those are all very important issues, I think. And to get back to your point, very a lot earlier about um, whether I have met people that kind of do this. I mean, I've definitely met a lot of people um, through OWASP that do uh, security work and um, are involved in, in security companies. So maybe that's a question that we
0: could pose to them. Yeah, because I've always been curious, because I know from the consumer standpoint or the pirate standpoint, um, there's, it's mostly just like, oh, you know, why should we pay for it? Why should we pay for it? We're not even really getting a good product. And when you get a good product, there's still going to be people who buy, pirate it just because they can pirate it. Yeah. Uh, so it Really, it's a lose-lose situation. You, there's people like me, I... Growing up, when I downloaded it's because I didn't have access. It was just a question of access. I couldn't go out and buy the music I wanted to buy, either because of lack of funding or because I knew my parents would allow me to. So, I mean, there's that. Now, I make it a point to purchase the games that I want to purchase. I buy the games that, uh, movies I want to buy. I, I try my best to do that. And the only things I really download are things I have no access to, either movies that I'm never going to see in the U.S., games I'm never going to see in the U.S., music I'm never going to see in the U.S., Mm etc. But I think in specific, what I was thinking of is, let's say you you put some software up, and you make this software and you put time into this software, and then you find a copy of it floating around on the Internet, uh, being tossed around. What, at that point, you know... As a developer, is that where you start thinking, you know, maybe I should have made this a bit more restrictive, or is that where open source is kind of like, well, that's the whole point of it. You're not really looking for a profit.
1: Yeah, I mean, so definitely you're not looking for a profit, and also what you're really trying to do is create a community program um, because everyone has their own different strengths. Now, at my company, we don't do that, but um, definitely with organizations like OWASP, which I'm involved with, we um, definitely encourage people to get involved in any way they can. And, you know, we have people that are really good with things like canonicalization. That's something that I have n- really no knowledge about. But I do know how to implement what they've created. So that's the important part. That's kind of the powerful part. With respect to my source code getting out, the only thing that could get out is stuff that's like JavaScript files, things that are the, the client can actually see. They can't see my PHP source code. Unless, like I said, there's a problem with the server and it's serving that as like a plain text file, then they'll be able to see everything and how it works behind the scenes. And then that would be actually a very big security problem. But, you know, there's things you can do to kind of get around. There's ways to protect yourself. And so, those are things that we should probably talk about on this show, too.
0: Definitely, especially with not just uh, web applications, but actually, one of the things that I wanted to help, hoping that you could help me out with, mm-hmm. and possibly serve to our users, is you know how to create your own server at home, your own personal web page. Yeah, you know, this is me at thisisme.com. dot com. Yeah. So, um, just to remind
1: everybody, you are listening to KUCI I D point nine FM in Irvine. I am Shane. This is Kumar. We're talking about uh, things that we have going on in the future, and and just a more general conversation about. Um, our backgrounds and uh, things that we want to do in the future. So, yeah. uh, the question was again. I'm uh, sorry. I, uh, I, um, I just want to make sure I got that in, so people knew. Who, yeah, who, who yeah. The, to. <laughs> um, some projects that you kind of have in mind. Yeah. For
0: uh, discuss those. I remember when I was in high school, one of the things I did is I built my own file server. I mm-hmm. just found this a very simple application and I put it together and set it up so I could share music with only my friends. They had to know my IP address. They had to have a very specific password, and I had it all set up. It was really pretty straightforward, and that application is now defunct. You can't find it anymore. And I was looking into it, and a lot of these, you know, set up your own FTP services. How do you do this? You know, what are these websites? Uh, You know, you see these advertisements. GoDaddy, what's GoDaddy? How do I do this? Yeah. What am I doing? What am I doing? Um, So one, I think, great project is, you know, how do you set up a website and host storage from your home computer is it even possible with a dynamic IP address and a dynamic IP address think of it like this your car has one license plate number that's how you identify your car mm-hmm. now imagine your car changing license plate numbers every week it becomes a lot harder to keep track of which car is yours right yeah IP addressing works the same way on your home computer uh, the what your ISP what your internet service provider gives you changes unless you pay extra and not a lot of people like to pay extra. So uh, that's something we'll probably look into is like, how can you do this? There are ways to do all of this without paying a cent.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, definitely uh, a very good point, very interesting project, I thought. Um, I guess we should kind of talk about what I have planned. So um, one of the things that I want to do is really increase the accessibility and um, the ease at which people can kind of acquire security information. So um, we're gonna be working on some videos, well I will be. My first one is gonna be on PDO, which is prepared data objects. And it's a class in PHP that uh, you can use. And I'm gonna show you how to use that. And basically what it does is it prevents um, SQL injection, which is, um, and you know this, but just for people that haven't heard that term, um, injection is when you insert some code. Um, So for example, if I type in some code, like actual programming code into a um, text box on a website, if that website doesn't use some sort of filtering, in this case, we're using uh, prepared data data objects or parameterized queries, and that basically allows us to um, tell the database that this is code or I'm sorry, this is user input. so don't interpret it as code. Don't interpret this as valid SQL or structured query language. Um, which is something that we talked about in the past. If if that's kind of um, gobbledygook and you don't understand what I'm saying, then just go back to one of our earlier episodes. I had uh, a whole bunch of tutorials on, on uh, things like uh, SQL, Structured Query Language, PHP, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, uh, with the jQuery um, library. So you can learn all those different technologies that I just talked about. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Go visit it. It's very easy, I think, to kind of uh, get your 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 teeth wet, mm-hmm. which <laughs> doesn't make maybe your socks wet. I think there's a, there's feet probably wet. a saying feet, feet wet. wet. Get your feet wet. What did I say? Teeth. Teeth. Okay. Sink Never your mind. Your teeth into it, maybe. Your, okay. That I was. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got too many cliches in my head. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I think those are very interesting projects that that um we both kind of have in mind. Mine, I'm definitely going to try and get it up by the end of the week. So be on the lookout for that. It's going to be, if you click on the videos, um, right now there's nothing there. It'll say, you know, we're designing the site right now or something. Um, So once you click on it, probably in like a week, it'll come up and there will actually be a video there. And I'll probably call it like PDO or using prepared statements or something like that. What's the website? Oh, (laughs) very good question. The website is shaneburke.me. We're trying to uh, get it through KUCI, but uh, because I'm a web designer and I actually built the site myself, that's causing problems. Most of the people on at KUCI use um, different accounts like... Uh, WordPress or... or yeah, Blogspot. Blogger, Blogspot, uh, stuff like that. So, And they all have APIs to make it. So it looks like the page is being served from KUCI servers. Um, with mine, I actually need database access. So that's... It gets a, too technical, and I probably shouldn't be talking about all this on the air. But it, it's fine because
0: um, well, that's you—that you're you're, yeah. you're our code guy. I am only vaguely familiar with code.
1: Well, I mean, I, I probably just shouldn't be talking about it. So, the powers that be don't get mad at ah. me at KUCI, but um, <laughs> you know. So, but that's basically uh, where we are. So, yeah. Shanebrook.me for the time being. We've got that URL for a year. I just renewed our subscription. Awesome. So. Um, We'll have that, and it'll be there. And even if you go to it, I'll just have a redirect. If you go to ShaneBurke.me and we decide to change the URL, it'll just redirect you to the correct URL.
0: Yeah, and there's probably going to be other uh, videos in the future. I'm looking into doing both a tutorial on how to build a computer and not just build a computer. I'm hoping to show you guys how to build a DVR.
1: Oh, that's right. I remember you telling me about that. So talk a little bit about... What you actually want to accomplish, and, and uh, etc.
0: Well, I remember one of the things I was looking into when DVRs first became popular is you can build your own. Uh, DVR is a DVR digital video recording. Uh, pretty much now, they're not as expensive as they used to be. You can get a pretty decent DVR from your TV company for, you know, I think like I think Cox has it for like an extra forty or fifty bucks. You can get a DVR.
1: One problem though, that m- my family has is we can only get a certain box. Yeah. Time Warner won't give us a different box, and our box is horrible.
0: So, so in this case, what you can basically do is you get a specific kind of case, you get a specific kind of motherboard, you get your parts together. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about building your own is you no longer have a storage limitation. Well, that's great. So what you can do, and because hard drives are dirt cheap, um, you can pick up you know, 2 to 4 terabytes of hard drive. That's a lot of space. You're, you're talking hundreds of hours of HD video. And you can plug this all together. You can put it all together into this uh, shiny little metal box. And then as you have everything together, we're going to be going over the different kinds of software that you can use. Uh, There's different DVR softwares out there where pretty much all you have to do now is you take your HDMI output, that's your high-definition output from your TV or whatever it is, you plug it into your DVR box, and you should be able to capture anything that's coming off of your TV cable box. In fact, I think most cable boxes specifically have an output for DVRs now. Oh, uh, or yeah, There's something there. You know, there's one output to TV, HD output to TV, and there's a second layer of component outputs to something else. Like a TV or yeah. something. Yeah, And even your TV, all TVs have some form of output, Yeah. like a generic, you know, this is everything that's on this TV. Um, So we'll be going over all of these different things. The goal, of course, ultimately is so that you can go home and put together for probably under about $500, your, actually even maybe even cheaper than that, depending on how, uh, how available the components are, you can put something together that will take your HD source and record it. It'll burn it, record it, stream it to your home network if you want to. There's going to be ways to set that up. So you can build your own home theater box. So you record it on your TV, you watch it on your computer, you burn it on your laptop, and you can re-record it hundreds and hundreds of times in high def. Or maybe your remote c- control could be like a cell phone or something. There are ways to do this.
1: I'm I'm just thinking out loud.
0: It yeah, could be really cool. There's probably a way. You know, I don't know. if There's like iPhone apps or some sort of like open source. I'm sure app. there is. But yeah, but I. Well, I'll be doing some research into that. I'm hoping to bring something forward in a series of videos because you have to see that, yeah. you know, how to build yeah. your own computer. You know, screw this into this hole? What the? Um <laughs> That's not going to work. So that's something I'm hoping to give you guys. Hopefully, to look forward to either this quarter or next. It takes time to figure yeah. these things out. That was the thing with my security
1: tutorial. I plan to do them over the summer, but it, that didn't work out. Yeah. But um, So the thing about the security, just to kind of uh, fill you in, is... Um, I kind of forgot to talk about this. I'm going to actually show you also how to implement a SAPI for PHP, which is a OWASP project. And um, basically, it allows you to secure any website. And um, really with kind of like limited knowledge of security. But that's very powerful because it will allow you to actually, you know, implement security, which is pretty much essential on any website. Uh, for your own protection and for the protection of your users. Uh, So that's what I'll be doing in uh, what year is this? 2010. 2010, 2011 school year.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's going to be really exciting. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of weird stuff happening, uh, both policy and otherwise. Uh, We have a lot of these changes with net neutrality coming. um, There's a lot of hardware changes. Oh, that's right. Recently, ATI dropped our ATI is dead. There oh. are no more ATI video cards. AMD just killed the brand. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> some weird stuff happening in the technology world. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, ATI is a video card company. They are one of two that are big. There's ATI and there's Nvidia. Chances are you have one of the two. Or some Intel integrated whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, ATI has honestly been making some incredible graphics cards really powerful hardware and NVIDIA has been rebranding older cards and pretending that it's new hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd think that ATI would be holding, doing pretty well. Well AMD recently axed the brand. Hmm. Uh, we will not be seeing any more ATI HD 5 Series, 6 Series. It's all going to be under the AMD brand. AMD, uh, s- something microsystem design, American microsystem design, maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. But AMD is Intel's chief competitor and or at least they 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 go back and forth i think amd hasn't been doing as well recently but amd axed ati the ati that we all know and love many of us i think all grew up with some form of ati one way or another they're gone we won't be seeing ati in the future which is strange you know when i think about it i remember the ati all in wonder and the radeon series and all that good stuff, and it's gone. no more ati it 's all under AMD, and this has been happening since. do we know why? AMD said that it was because ATI hadn 't been making as much money. They said it's time to move beyond the brand, uh, which means that they 're trying to do something weird. Um, i don 't know why they wanted to do that because new, the new AMD car, or the new ATI cards just blew the Nvidia cards out of the water. The HD5 series was just incredible, uh, but they axed it hmm. um, and this should be interesting, and one of the things we'll talk about, I think, is just like, you know, how do you deal with all these different... You have Intel and AMD, and then you have ATI, and then you have NVIDIA, and then you have you know, Sound Blaster. You know, you don't need a sound card anymore, but really, do you? What, is this, what do these numbers mean? What do these letters mean? What is 7.1? What is HDMI? What, what are half the things coming out of the back end of my computer? USB
1: 3.0. Yeah.
0: It's coming out soon. My God, we need another set of cables. <laughs> <laughs> More yeah. USB ports for those of you who know. And they all look the same. Yeah, for <laughs> those of you who know a computer nerd, their computers are set are, are a series of cables hanging off everywhere, for God knows what. Um, oh God, it's going to be weird. Yeah, it's going to be weird.
1: Does it still look the same? Because uh, I know, like, there's really no way to differentiate between USB
0: 1.0 1. 1. and 2.0. There, I except assume, by looking at it. Please. I assume it's going to be the same, but I mean, even with USB 2.0, there's. Different con- There's all kinds of different proprietary connectors, because as long as you stick to that pin design, uh-huh. you can do anything. For instance, Samsung has their own proprietary USB design. For someone who has a Samsung phone, they have that flat one. It's flat and it's wide. Mm. So you can't use that mini USB port. So it's
1: basically like a um, a standard.
0: Yeah, USB is basically a yeah, standard. It's just a standard. That's all it is. It says, you know what, this is how, these are the pinout connections you use. This is the voltages that you use. This is how you send information. And, you know, this is the reason that Apple devices are USB 2.0, but good luck trying to plug a USB, a USB cable into an Apple device natively. <laughs> you have to go out and buy that $20 cord. Yeah. Same thing with Samsungs and a lot of other ones. Think cameras, for instance, sometimes it looks like a USB, but it's got this little bump in it. <laughs> so you yeah. can't use a normal USB cable. All kinds of weird stuff. I don't know why they do that. Um, I'm hoping that we see an end no. to that at some point, that proprietary stuff.
1: We probably won't. Yeah, no, but it, we won't. But it, it's helpful to, I guess, wish. Um, once again, you're listening to Tech Talk. I'm Shane Burke. This is Ravin Kumar. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back right after some music and PSAs. I think I've come up with something. That looks good. That looks really good. People want to go on the internet and check out their friends. That's what the Facebook is going to be about. I'm talking about taking the entire social experience of college and putting it online.
0: You made the Facebook?
1: Yeah, groupies. This is our thing. Here's the arrangement. Dustin is vice president and head of programming. Eduardo is CFO and owns 30% of the company. Any questions? Who are the girls? i got 2,200 hits within two hours. 1,000. 22,000. Wow. We don't know what it can be. We don't know what it will be. We know that it is cool. I'm Sean Parker. Sean Parker, founded Napster. Nice to meet you. A million dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? You? A billion dollars. You think you know me. I've read enough. You know much I've read about you? You don't need him. You're going to get left behind. It's going to be faster than we any of us have. you get left, left behind. behind? Is there anything that you need to tell me. Your actions could have permanently destroyed everything I've been working on. We have been working on Did you like being a joke? Do you want to go back to that? Mark! This is our time! You're being accused of intentionally breaching security, violating copyrights, violating individual privacy. Your best friend is suing you for $600 million. As for the charges, I believe I deserve some recognition from this board. Uh, I'm sorry? Yes. I don't understand. Which part? All right, you're listening to Tech Talk here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Shane. This is Kumar. So what we just heard was the um, the Social Network trailer. Yep. Um, <laughs> I'm actually really excited to see it. it it's not out yet, so we're no, just kind think. of going to be talking about um, the Internet with respect to, you know, new movies and, and how... Um, I guess Facebook is really kind of becoming a character in a lot of these films. There's another film, Catfish, that features...
0: I'm not too familiar with Catfish,
1: actually. So Catfish is a documentary. Well, it's debated whether it's actually a documentary. But um, it's a documentary about a photographer who's contacted by this 8-year-old girl to, uh, 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 I guess, like, paint one of his photographs. And then um, there's kind of like this love story between the older sister and and the photographer. And then eventually the photographer tries to find the two. And, you know, interesting things. It's basically kind of about how people aren't who they seem to be online. You right. know, it's kind of like that, that divide between real life and who you are online, your I- online identity. Right. So... um that's, that's what Catfish is about. The social network is obviously about uh, Facebook Facebook, and actually the creation of Facebook and this whole lawsuit that kind of occurred recently, um, yeah. with uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the founder, and some old roommates.
0: Yeah, I think, actually, I remember I took a, actually, I'm curious what that, uh, the webpage after the trailer, see something about reveal all facts.
1: Uh, let's click on it.
0: I'm kind of wondering.
1: Um, oh, here we go for being the youngest self-made billionaire, Mark Zuckerberg still rocks the North Face sweatshirts, Adidas slippers and lives in a modest house. Okay,
0: that was far less entertain or yeah. interesting than I thought it would be. Doctor's- oh, so this is just like general knowledge. Okay. Yeah. I thought it'd be something more like this movie is completely based on nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, back on topic, I guess, with Facebook, um, this actually reminds me of something. I remember one of the ICS classes I took was a seminar on uh, f- computer forensics. The teacher was involved in a case where a company uh, had a second company who had licensed their software. that second company stole said software and used said software to make their own new software, and there a lawsuit came out of it, and it was ve- a ve- the wording of the lawsuit is almost identical. Uh, you took my idea and made money off of it Without my permission uh, So those of you who don't know Facebook was started more or less by Mark Zuckerberg And some friends uh, But Mark Zuckerberg is the one who really made off with it And then his roommate sued him for money Because he had a lot of money And his roommate was like well, That was my idea You know, you can't take my idea I think the lawsuit fell flat on its face I'm not sure I I honestly don't know Yeah, I'm
1: just very interested by the film
0: yeah. I, I, I really want to see it <laughs> But the film is really, it looks really entertaining. Like, I, I feel like this is like, I feel like I'm watching a Die Hard trailer, but it's Facebook.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's a good trailer.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, um, so we'll see. But, yeah, I think Zuckerberg himself does not endorse this movie, as far as I know.
1: Well, so, um, I actually pulled a clip. He did an interview with Diane Sawyer of World News on ABC, and um, we have a clip where he's kind of uh, confronted with with the question about this new film. (laughs) That college was Harvard, and as we said, there were bruising arguments with students there who said they, too, were once part of the social networking design. One of those closest to Zuckerberg, once his roommate, reportedly behind a big new movie. Stole our website. They're saying we stole the Facebook... Have you seen the trailer for the movie, The Social Network? Um, you know, someone showed me part of it. So are you going to go to see the movie? I don't think so. Would you have liked somebody else to play you? Are you happy with your... I don't know, I've never met him. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Actually, his cousin works here. What? Yeah. His cousin is a designer here. <laughs> we, we have meetings all the time. We're, we're, we're working on designing a product together. Huh. Yeah. It's a small world. Very small world there. Yeah. I don't know, that was a very awkward exchange to <laughs> yeah. me. And I think, because this movie is not, it does not look very um, uh, fair to Mark's, uh, well, I don't know, I guess no one really knows the true story, but it definitely doesn't look like it puts him in the best light. So I, I wouldn't definitely. be happy about this film.
0: Yeah, and I, I think Mark, I mean, for, for someone who's supposed to be very, very rich, he does make a good point. He does live a very modest life, from what I understand. It doesn't seem like he lives a very lavish life. And even though Facebook... I mean, they, they've been huge estimates as to what Facebook is worth. But he... I think in this interview, he commented, um, it's a private company, so we don't have to disclose those figures. He's not very... It doesn't seem he's half as arrogant as the movie makes him out to be.
1: Yeah. Um, I think there's another part in this in this interview where they kind of talk about how... Um, you know, he just lives, I think, in a two-bedroom house. You know? It's, it's very modest. So... Um, that's interesting, I think. Um, and he also mentions that he doesn't really have access to a lot of money because it's a privately held company. Yeah. It's not an IPO. So is it really worth $200 million or, you know, a billion dollars? It would be if it was publicly traded, of course. Yeah. Well, but I mean, if the company doesn't have that many, that uh, much those capital, assets, yeah. then is it really worth that much money?
0: Well, I think also with Facebook, there's a lot of it is advertising. Yeah, a huge chunk of it is advertising. And then, of course, there's the marketplace and the games, you know, Farmville, that scourge of the Internet, and all of those other such games where it's just pulling money out of people's pockets. But if you look at the ads, and you have to think about it, you know, with everyday Facebook grows, which means you've got a huge network, so potential ad revenue must be, you know, incredibly high. And I think that's where a lot of people are basing their assumptions on. You know, we have... This much visibility, how could you not have income? There has to be something here. Plus, they have all that private data, mm-hmm. and they have been making... I mean, we talked about this earlier this year. Uh, Facebook has partnered up with a variety of sites. I think even... Uh, was it Last FM or Pandora? Pandora. What, Pandora. Pandora, you know, works with Facebook. Uh, Yelp works with Facebook. They're partnering up with all of these sites, and, you know, who knows what agreements they have set up with each of those. But... I feel like, with this movie at least, uh, it should be interesting to see, because there's already been quite a bit of controversy regarding Facebook, its privacy policy, security, you know, what if you're underage? Facebook used to be college only. Yeah. Uh, It used to be, you had to have a college email address to get in. Now, you know, my friend's, you know, 13-year-old younger sister is on Facebook. a lot of kids are on Facebook, uh, along with adults, along with people in college. There's a lot of concerns about privacy, mm-hmm. which I can understand. A, and I think you were speaking about this. Where were we off around on the air? I can't remember. But, uh, no, with the catfish. People are not always who you think they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I'd actually love to talk about at some point is the art of trolling on the internet. <laughs>
1: That's a, partic- a, a possible topic in the future.
0: I think that's just entertaining to be honest. <laughs> um,
1: so, uh, I think that this year is definitely going to be a very fun one. I, I, we're pretty much, we've talked about what we can about this new Facebook movie without seeing the film, of course. Yeah. So, um, you know, who knows? Maybe we can get some free tickets. And give them away on the show. We'll see if we can work that out yeah, with we, we can always the movie talk, theaters or something. See,
0: it depends on where they're playing it, but I'm at, it looks like it's going to be fairly wide distribution. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see if we can do something entertaining like that, something interesting. Um, uh, you guys should really look forward to some of the interesting projects we have this next, not just quarter, this next year yeah. um, and beyond. Going to have a lot of fun, I think, that that being the key phrase in there.
1: A lot of very interesting... Ideas that we have planned for the show. So definitely stay tuned. Once again, you're listening to uh, Tech Talk here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Shane. And my name's Kumar. And um, we'll see you next week. Right, uh, right after this is going to be the Blues Disease with Jeff Scott.